Hello and welcome to War of the Stars, the A-Star Wars podcast. Coming to you as always from deep within the outer rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. My name is John Mark Tolley and joining me as always is Garrett K. Jones. How's everybody doing out there in the galaxy? Well, everything is going great here. Uh, busy day and, you know, but we're here. We're here to talk Star Wars. Yes, we are. Specifically, we're here to talk Star Wars Shadows of the Empire. Yes. Um, this is actually one of my favorite uh, offshoots of the of the canon. It's considered no longer canon now because of, of everything under Disney. Mm-hmm. But uh, the this was it was a really cool uh, really cool project because like, this came out back in 1996 when I was going from like middle school to high school. And uh, the the it was a multimedia project that Lucasfilm had had put together. Um, the story actually takes place between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. For those of you who are not familiar with Shadows of the Empire, mm-hmm. um, and it it fits within that time frame. The whole point is that um, it. Uh, uh, Luke and Leia are looking for Han. They're trying to get. In, they're trying to find where Boba Fett is going and trying to track him down. Um, in the meantime, uh, there's a bounty that's been put out on Luke's head by an anonymous source, and they start interacting with the leader of a criminal organization called Black Sun. That leader's name is Prince Cheezor. And little does little do Luke and Leia know that Cheezor is actually the person who put the contract out on Luke anonymously and he's doing it to uh, to eliminate Luke because if he can do that, it will make Vader look bad in the eyes of the Emperor and Shizor wants to take uh, Vader's place and things come to an absolute head. And some of the things that get explained in the, in the story are like how Leia gets her Boosh uh, bounty hunter costume, how Lando gets his bounty hunter costume that we see in Return of the Jedi. Um, it explains how Luke uh, builds his his new lightsaber between the events of Empire and Return. A lot of cool things that are that are well done. Um, Steve Perry, uh, not the lead singer of Journey, but uh, but the, an author who's done a lot in science fiction, especially um, especially in uh, IPs like uh, Predator, Aliens, and Star Wars, uh, wrote the story. And it was, uh, it was, they had, it was a multimedia project. So there were, there was a video game, uh, a role-playing game, trading cards, uh, a soundtrack, a comic book series, which was condensed into a graphic novel, um, a full novel, which I have both the graphic novel and, and the actual book. They did a junior novelization, model kits, posters, micro machines, uh, all sorts of stuff. And it had some really, really cool characters that were introduced mm-hmm. into the canon. Oh yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. And today we're going to be doing a fan cast. Yes, um, our said. So, what I'm thinking for for this, do you want to do something where we'll do character by character, and you tell who you would cast, and I'll go who I would cast, and we'll kind of talk about why we would cast each care each person. Yeah, uh, and kind of go down go down the list. Yeah. So, um, what I'll do is I'll introduce because there are three main. Uh, major characters that are at play in this story. Okay. Uh, so obviously we've got uh, Emperor Palpatine, Vader, 
uh, Luke, Leia, Lando, Chewbacca, and the droids, mm-hmm. um, and and the supporting Rebel and Imperial cast. But as far as main major characters, you have Prince Shizor, who okay. is a Phalene. We've seen the Phalene in the Star Wars canon, uh, mostly in animation. Mm-hmm. They all, they did show up in Obi Wan. They were uh, one of them was one of the ones who attempted to kidnap the young Princess Leia. Yes, um, and, um, and the Phalene, If you're not familiar with them, they are they have the ability of controlling pheromones. Uh, their skin color changes depending on their mood and what kind of pheromone they're controlling. Um, then you have uh, a character by the name of Guri. Guri is a uh, she's a, a female based. Uh, human android. So she looks very human. She's got hair, skin. Like she passes for a real person so easily. It's hard to tell that she is even robotic. Hmm. But she has the processing ability, the 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 stamina, the everything that a robot would have. Um, but a very very human personality and and skill set. Like I mean, just looking at her, you wouldn't be able to tell at all that she is a robot. Mm-hmm. And lastly, we have a new rebel uh, character by the name of Dash Rendar. Yes. Uh, he is a Corellian, just like, like Han Solo. And uh, he is um, he's a bit of a scoundrel, too. Um, but he is he, he's, a, he's a new guy. He's, he's actually a veteran from the Battle of Hoth. Okay. Princess Leia, Chewbacca, and Lando. Uh, to help locate Boba Fett's ship. All right. So go uh, ahead and present your list. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to start off with the first, the easiest ones first for me. Um, well, when I was going through this, I was thinking of your 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 holy trilogy, if you will, of Luke Lando, Luke Leia, and Lando, and. My thinking, first of all, I, I had to ask myself the question, are we at the point now where we can deep fake everything for an entire movie? Or do we just want to completely recast? And for me, I'm going to go with a complete recast just because I don't know if we're at that point technology-wise where we can do an entire movie with a deep fake character where after a couple of hours it won't be like, this looks really, this looks really off. Yeah, I think we're still at that point where it's, you know, 2030, you know, a few scenes, it's fine, like what they've done in Mandalorian. So uh, for Luke Skywalker, I'm going easy, Sebastian Stan. Yeah. I think that's an easy, easy call. Um, Yeah. Um, What about you? What do you think? I'm I'm with you like right there with Sebastian Stan. I mean, I've seen I've seen the mock-ups on social media about how he could he could easily pass for a younger Mark Hamill. Yeah. It's almost uncanny like with mm-hmm. the hair and everything. I think he would be a good fit for the character. Yeah. Uh, he's a good actor and uh I I think I think I think you I think that's a good ringer. Yeah. Uh same thing easy for me with Lando um uh, Donald Glover. I don't. I mean, he's already established. She's already established that the character now with Leia. I'm going back and forth between two people: Millie Bobby Brown and mm-hmm. Billy Lord. I was thinking about that earlier today. I'm like, who would I cast as Leia if I was re- 
recast the the original yeah. team. Yeah. I, I lean just because of the family connection with Carrie Fisher. I lean slightly more towards um, Billy Lord, mm -hmm. just slightly. But I could easily see Millie Bobby Brown doing that role too. Oh yeah, and there's been there's been uh, fan art of um, Millie Bobby Brown as Princess Leia. Mm -hmm. um, look the part. I mean, he looks very much like a young Carrie Fisher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, nice. so I, I think that would be a, a good fit. But with and for me, using Billy Lord, while that I think would be a natural, uh, a, a natural jumping off point. Mm -hmm. um, the problem we have there is that um, she is already recognizable in the sequel trilogy. This is true. This is true. Because she pops up as Lieutenant Comics throughout uh, The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and The Rise of Skywalker. And it doesn't do well. Because and, and like, that's the, the one thing that Star Wars has done well, where they haven't like just recast young actors for newer roles. They have, as far as like animation they have, but for live action, they have not done that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, now, so I would go with Lee Bobby Brown as well. Like I, like I've been watching through the uh, the MonsterVerse films. She is, she's only in two of them so far. I like her. She's she's a, a good young actress. I think she would she would fit the part, especially considering the fact that um, there's about a, a ten to twelve year age difference between her and Billy Lord. And Billy because Billy Lord's thirty one, Billy Bobby Brown's about nineteen or twenty, and we're dealing with. Um, we're dealing with a younger version of the characters because this is, like mm -hmm. I said, this is right after um, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Um, let's see. Who do we? Who else do we have now? Uh, the Emperor. I think. I mean, come on. Can it be anyone other than Ian McDermott? Yeah, we we, we have to keep uh, him because he's yeah, an yeah. iconic role. How? Uh, however, if we were to use, if we were to use deepfake on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the um, while you could probably dub a voice with dialogue pilfered and from recordings of Ian McDermott, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Sam Witwer has done the voiceover work for Palpatine on numerous mm -hmm. projects. He does mm -hmm. a spot on Palpatine. Yeah, yeah. Like be... you could do, you could do the deep fake stuff and have him do the voiceover, and it would be yeah, yeah. really excellent. And I think yeah, the I think same, I think uh, you can, when you're talking yeah. Boba Fett, now it's been a while since I've, I've looked at the, I've read the novel or uh, the graphic yeah. novel, but yeah. if, you if you go with, with him yeah. not taking his helmet off, then yeah. there's no reason why Temu, Temu couldn't, uh, Morrison couldn't continue to play Boba Fett. I think it, you know, if you're going to keep that continuity, at least yeah. to do the voice, or at the very um, least, do Bradley Baker, who does the voice yeah, of the Clones in yeah, yeah. Uh, the Clone Wars series. And, and with Vader, I mean, you could put anyone in the suit. Yeah, I mean, really, you know, and, you know, if you're gonna, but if you're gonna have scenes with him, you know, even like fleeting scenes outside the suit, I think at this point, you know, I I would still put Hayden Christensen. At least, and then you know, obviously, we had the recordings of um, what's his, what's name? his name? Um, James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones. Jones. 
Here, here's my Star Wars card. I'm handing it back in. Wow. I know, right? Yeah, to do the voice. You know, we still have recordings that we can, you know, they can use through the voice, but who fuck the podcaster? I know. <laughs> um so well, I think we got now now we get to the to the interesting ones. Well the nice thing here's one of the nice things about about uh, Shadows of the Empire is that we do not have to worry about recasting Han Solo because he's frozen carbonite through the entire thing. He's exactly a block of ice. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, starting with Dash. Okay. I I was going back and forth on this one. And there's a couple of names that when I was kind of looking up like who could play Dash Rendar, you know, kind of get some ideas. Uh Chris Pratt's name came up. Uh Chris uh Chris Evans uh, and a couple others, but I'm not going with any of those. I'm going with something that might be a little out of the box, but he's played a character similar to Dash in another in another series, and that is Nathan Fillion. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think uh, Nathan, I think at this point, though, if we're going with if we're if we're to film this now, Nathan Fillion, I think, would be a little bit too old because okay, he's I can in, see that. his early fifties. Yeah, um, yeah. and uh, Dash is is kind of a he's a younger guy. Okay, like at least late twenties, early thirties. Yeah, um, and while I think I, I think um, I think Fillion would have been good if the movie had been made during the time of let's say Firefly. Yes, absolutely. Like he would have been a perfect Dash Rendar. Because the, the character he played in Firefly was basically that type of a character. Yeah, it was yeah. Um, My choices for Dash Rendar, the first one would be Liam Hemsworth. Because like, if you throw a beard on him, he looks like, if you look at the, the images of Dash Rendar from the graphic novel, mm -hmm. it's a, a dead ringer. Like, he's got mm -hmm. the same hairstyle. He, he got the beard. He would He would fit the part very well. Um, so long as he doesn't play it too stoically, I think he'd, I could I think he would be fine. Yeah. The other actor that stood out to me is Jack Rayner. And if you're not familiar with Jack Rayner, he um, he played opposite um, uh, the the guy who played Yolanda uh, Belova in, in Black Widow. Um, okay. He was in the movie Midsummer. He played her boyfriend, and he gets killed partway through the movie. But he also plays. Um, he also plays the boyfriend of Mark Wahlberg's daughter in uh, uh, Transformers: Age of Extinction. Okay. And he's got that. Like he's a driver. He's a he's a wheelman. He's got that sassy attitude. He's a little. Bit, he's knowledgeable about things, but at the same time, he's he's willing to fire back with that snark. And I think. I think that would be a very good casting choice because yeah. he's, he's an actor that flies under the radar. He's kind of the perfect age for the character, and I think he would do well. My only concern is that because of the age difference between him, well, it wouldn't really matter because there's no romantic interest between him and between Dash and Leia, so I don't yeah. think that would really make much of an issue. Yeah. yeah. Although, now, be, I mean, Carrie Fisher was what? Early twenties when she got cast as Princess Leia, and, and Harrison Ford was already in his thirties by that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I admit I'm not that familiar with the uh, with the second character that you mentioned. Um, so I I really have no frame of Prince reference. Or, 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 no, not Zizor. 
Um, uh, oh, Guri. Guri. So uh, Guri is a – this is one of the things I liked about her. Uh, she was a leggy blonde, uh, very, very attractive. And like I said, she passes very easily for human, uh, all the right human emotions and responses, but she's very analytical, very tactical. Uh, and actually, I only had one one choice for this. Like, I could have gone with, um, I could have gone with Scarlett Johansson. Like, she, I mean, obviously, she could pull off being a blonde very well. Yeah. But my go-to on this is Catherine Winnick. Okay. From Vikings. Okay. okay. Yeah. Lagerba, and oh my gosh, she like she's on on ABC's uh, Big Sky. Uh, the the cop procedural detective show. Um, she's been in. She played opposite David Boreanaz, uh playing a potential love interest in um, in Bones. Okay. Uh, she's a very very capable actress. I think she would do very well uh, looking the part as as Guri. Um, okay. It, she's like, as I was looking at, I went through the graphic novel. I'm just looking at the characters, and I'm like, that's the first thing that that popped in my head is Catherine Winnick. Okay. All right, yeah, yeah. I'll I will I will defer to you on that. Um, now, now, Prince Zizor. This one was a little bit harder for me to cast. Um, who did you have in mind? I I was looking at someone who could play someone somewhat regal, somewhat because every everything every picture I've seen of him, description he seems, you know. Very kind of regal, very, very exotic. And, and what's that? What's that? There's something very exotic about him. Yeah, yeah. Um, um obviously, obviously, you'd have to do makeup, but Benedict Cumberbatch, tall, thin, thin. Um, um yeah, I yeah, thought, I thought, I thought him, um, maybe, maybe Fassbender. Michael, I think Michael Fass. Like the way he plays characters, especially villains, where, where he's just like cool and calculated, I think that would be a good fit. Mm -hmm. um, it would add to the creep factor because there's a point about two thirds of the way through the story where uh, Chizor tries to um, pull the moves using his his pheromone control on Leia to convince mm -hmm. her to do what he wants her to do and manipulate her. Yeah, and I, having someone who is, you know, there is a substantial age difference between. The actor playing she's or the actress playing uh, Leia would be. I think that would be a very. Uh, I think that would work very well. Now here's an a, a, out of the box idea. idea. Um, it's simply because I say this simply because he's played a character with that simple, similar kind of creepy, able to manipulate, and that is David Tennant. Uh, yes, he, play, I, he played Purple Man in the. Um, Sarah, and uh, uh, Jessica Jones, Jessica Jones, uh, and kind of had that same kind of creep, and you still have that age difference. Yeah, with with Tenet being. Um, yeah. I had actually for my my selections, I had actually gone with either Tom Hiddleston. Ooh, I could see that because I I like Tom Hiddleston. Like he yeah. is yeah. because he can he can play that cool and seething character, but at the same time. Um, you know, you know, he he. There's something about him. Um, yeah, you want someone who can be both creepy, creepy, but at the same time engaging. Like you, yeah. like you want to. You're drawn in. Yeah. By them. And 
And I also would have gone with Mads Mikkelsen, except for the fact that he played, uh, he's already played uh, Galen uh, Urso. Galen so Urso, that kind of yeah. took him out of the running. Um, yeah. yeah. There are a couple of other decent actors out there that I think would do well. Um, mm-hmm. Because, I mean, we don't have to necessarily stick with, with European actors. Um, there are plenty of, of, uh, of solid uh, actors from, from Asia and India that I think would do very well. Mm-hmm. Or with the, with Prince Caesar. Because, like, looking at... Uh, like looking at how the Clone Wars depicted them, um, like they do, do they do show up in Clone Wars, mm-hmm. um, but it does like the the way that they're presented, especially in there's one particular episode, um, where the the they have facial hair, and the facial hair uh, looks almost like it, got, it has an Asian influence to it. Like, there's yeah. one character with almost like a, um, his name is uh, Zatan Maj, and he almost has like a Fu Manchu style going on. Hmm. And so there are some really good actors coming out of out of Japan, out of China, yeah. Um, yeah. Korea, uh, and even India that I think would, would be very well suited to this type of role. Yeah, yeah. Do you think it's? Imp- I, I do think that you want to stay with. I mean, Donald Glover. I would tell Donald Glover a, a relatively unknown actor, um, but kind of like what the original what Star Wars did, where you kind of have you know maybe one or two names that are you know somewhat known, but most of them are going to be more unknown. Or do you want to go with like yeah. like at least one big name that was going to draw? That's kind of why I did. A, um, a uh, Benedict Cumberbatch Benedict to get that one name right. that's going to draw people in. That's going to be like that's the marquee, like you know, you know, yeah. Or well, you I'm, go more with you know, kind of some, smaller. Some, some other actors that I think would do really well, like Hiroyuki Sonata. He has done yeah. so much with with uh, Marvel uh, and other sci-fi projects. Um, mm-hmm. He's been he was in the 2013 Wolverine film. He was in. Uh, Avengers Endgame. He get, he's the the, uh, the Yakuza boss that gets killed by Hawkeye. Um, okay. He would, I mean, I think he would make for a good. Um, he's played villains characters. He's played heroic characters. He's played everything in between. Um, and he there's and he's probably the thing that he's best known for at this point uh, in the last couple of years has been playing Scorpion in the uh, remake of Mortal Kombat. So he would be a, he would be a good fit. But then another one would be uh, Tadanobu Asano, um, who played uh, Hogan, one of the Warrior Three in the Thor films. He would actually do really well because he has played villainous characters as well um, in the movie Forty Seven Ronin, for example, with uh, mm-hmm. Keanu Reeves. He plays he plays an emperor that he kind of there's a coup and he's he takes over and he starts killing all of these samurai and there's 47 of them left to protect uh, the true emperor. Um, and so he, I think he would do very well in that kind of a role. He doesn't necessarily have to be an older actor, uh, yeah. but I think, I think he would be, 
uh, probably a solid choice yeah. Uh, yeah. for for audiences to kind of connect with. So that those are all, you know, those are some of my, my suggestions as well. Hmm. Now, now we come down to, for me, and this is, I didn't even really think about this, but I think it's, I think it's just as important as casting as directing. Ooh. Who do you get as director? Cause I just, I just started thinking about like, who do you get as director? For something like this, I, I had, so we've been talking about casting and all that, like, um, and part of the big casting decision is who you have to direct. And you're absolutely right. I, I hadn't even thought about this. Yeah. I didn't um, either. Like, I just like, like, wait a minute, you have all these, where do you go with, I mean, my, my first thought is I would actually go outside of what Disney has, been, uh, who Disney has been using lately. Okay. I would be looking at directors who uh, can do something and do something very well. Um, one of my favorite directors, he's, he's not, he's kind of an indie director, but uh, uh, he, he's not, he's not exactly an indie director, but he's become really popular is Robert Eggers. Okay. And, yeah. And, oh, uh, yeah. Robert Eggers, has, he did the 2015 movie, The Witch. Okay. Uh, he, he directed The Lighthouse in 2019, which had uh, Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. He directed The Northman, which had Alexander Skarsgård. Um, and then um, the uh, the uh, the other films that he did was oh, what was it? Um, I think he he would be a good choice. Mm -hmm. The other one would be um, David Lowry. Okay. And David Lowry is the director who um, who uh, uh, he, he's the guy who directed The Green Knight from two years ago. All right. With okay. Patel and Alicia Vikander. The like his his work is really good. Like his use of color palettes, uh, his cinematography, absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think those would be would be good uh, filmmakers for a project like this. But um, but there are I I I, I think going with someone who's not usually uh, you know part of the uh, the Star Wars or Marvel or Disney um, uh, cavalcade of, of of filmmakers would probably be the best way to go. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I I, I hadn't really got give it much thought, so I didn't even. Um, yeah, yeah. Those are, those are some good choices. Good choices. Um, and then, and then like like the rest the of the rest cast can just be, you know, extras and whoever. Right. I mean, we can always bring in, you know. If provide Anthony Daniels is still around, yeah, can yeah. do the voice of of C three PO, C three PO. Um, yes, yes. Although three PO doesn't have, I mean, he's there in the story, but he doesn't have as much of a presence in uh, in Shadows of the Empire as as say R two D two does. Yes, yes. Um, I think, I, yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty. 
think we think we covered quite a bit there. Yeah, we we did. I mean, I think that's probably one of our. I don't know. I just this is one I, I really wanted to have fun with because I, I had a lot of fun with it. Like I said, this is one of my favorite stories in mm -hmm. in all Star Wars because it fills in a lot of gaps uh, that take place between the films, mm -hmm. and it answers a lot of questions. Like, well, how does how does he how does Luke develop his green lightsaber? Why does he develop it? You know, yeah. and you know we mentioned last week like he he uh, uses actually. You didn't mention that. It's something I was watching is that he actually used one fewer crystal because there's mm. supposed to be crystals in it. He used one instead of two. I I, I don't remember all the ins and outs of it. I, have, I haven't read the book in quite a while, but like you know, it's the fact that we get to go back to Tatooine in a way that is meaningful for an audience because it's not just there because it's it's one of you know a handful of planets that Luke has introduced. It's there because he goes back to Ben Hutt. And finds Ben's journals and goes through the process of making his own lightsaber. Okay. Well, I have a interesting since we did this uh, that next week we do something somewhere with one of my favorite book series of recasting. They, they originally were supposed to make a, a movie or TV show of that. It was canceled. But to do a recasting of the original X-Wing book series. Ooh. See, I've never read those, so that's going to be new oh, for me. Okay, okay, I will get you the uh, all the information on some of the main characters. Yeah, um, but it was one of my. It's a young adult. For those of you who don't remember, it was a young adult uh, novel series uh, based around. I think it was seven books. Uh, there was uh, Rogue Squadron, Wedge's Gamble, The Kratos Trap, The Back to War, Wraith Squadron, Iron Fist, Solo Command. Izard's Revenge, uh, Starfighters of Adamar, and Mercy Kill was the last one in 2012. Um, so, but the main, we we won't mess with that one, but because that takes place uh, 12 years, uh, 12 years after the events of the original Rogue Squadron books. Yeah, um, but it deals with the capture of Coruscant. It explains. How and this how the rebels uh, Rebel. were able to capture Coruscant, mm -hmm. um, and kind of what happened in yeah. the old canon after the legends after, after the fall of, of the Empire and the uh, or at least the fall the death of Palpatine and uh, the, uh, the splintering of the Imperial power. Um, I, some of my favorite characters. I did just have a, a, a beautiful idea. Uh, with regards to a potential director for Shadow of the Empire. Okay. If they wanted to go with someone who already directed some, something that's Star Wars related. Yeah. yeah. Gareth Edwards, who directed Rogue One, bring him back in. Because Rogue One was amazing. Yeah. Have him direct Shadows of the Empire. Oh. You just made me happy. <laughs> 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 and on that note uh mr jones uh why don't you tell us where people can find you yeah so you guys can find me on instagram and twitter or x at gkj underscore publishing where i post about my book series i post about 
my YouTube channel. The YouTube channel is, is GKJ Publishing. On there, I have a show called The Right Way, where we talk uh, book recommendations. We have author interviews, and I provide creative writing tips for my viewers. Uh, this month, I just had uh, an episode go out this last Saturday. It was the holiday preview to kind of talk about what I've got coming up through the month of December, as well as what I have coming up throughout July. Or, not July, January. Too many, too many J's. Um, so yeah, uh, so it just kind of covers that. And then on the 16th of December, I will have uh, the monthly episode, which will have all those those content bits in there. So I'm looking forward to uh, having it out for you guys in, in the next few weeks. Okay. Hmm. Uh, as for us right here, of course, you can email us at stars one at gmail.com. There is also our handle on Twitter or X. Uh, all other social media is under War of the Stars. You can join our Facebook group or Instagram. Uh, check us out on both of those places. Uh, we are, of course, available wherever fine podcasts are heard. We are a proud member of the GNN network. So let us know who you would cast in Shadows of the Empire. If you think our casting was good or if it was Bantha Voodoo, uh, let us know. Um, uh, if you want to support the show, patreon.com forward slash war the stars. I that about that, that that I miss anything? No, I don't think so. Um, do we have any uh, do we have any promos or any ads that we want to plug really quick? Nope, not that I can think of. Well, then. Let's do our. Uh... Uh, as always, remember this is not just my Star Wars. This is not just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. Until next time, may the Force be with you. I am one with the Force. The force is with me. Hashtag justice for Wedge. <laughs> <laughs>